0: Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Good morning, church. Please shake your neighbor. Please do something awesome. You know, last Sunday was a tough Sunday. We were full of turkey, and this Sunday, I'm believing. I'm believing that you're going to talk back to me, and not in the bad way, but in the good way, and the affirming way that I so desperately need. And so, hey, I got a couple announcements this morning, then we're going to pray and get into the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is where we'll be this morning couple of exciting things are happening at Luminous Church, right? One, you just showed up this morning. That always excites me. I love that. But the first thing that's really exciting is we have engaged the spirit coming up. Engage the spirit. You aren't excited because you don't know what it is. But if you had a card, hopefully you got a card on your way in this morning. Engage the Spirit is a a Christmas worship night. We rented out an old church building downtown that was built in the 1800s. We're going to fill that place with Christmas decor. We're going to have Christmas refreshments. We will have child care for six years old and under. And so if you have a child and you need child care, we will have child care available, plenty of child care. We would encourage you next Sunday night. To not make plans. This is going to be super fun, super fun. And so come, we'll sing carols together, we'll laugh together, we'll just have an amazing time together. Also, I just want to say this, it's so fun having babies up here. I love it. Luminous Church is expected to have eight babies under one year old, under one year of age. They're going to have eight babies in the next year, and so we desperately need help in the nursery. So if you want to volunteer for the nursery, right, Cindy, you need some help. So if you need some help... um, Man, we would love for you to love on these babies, and we really believe that we're going to be amazing stewards of them on Sunday mornings and love them the way they should be loved. I also said last week that we were going to announce where we were in the big give. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but... Our goal on the Big Give, this is going to be about a minute. Our goal was to raise $33,500 for the Big Give, which was our expansion project for a new kid's classroom, new kid's toys, new kid's signage. It was also going to be for a new sound system, a new trailer, and just to help us grow. As of today, what we have gotten in, all of our pledges, all of our pledges. Y'all get ready for that hand clap because it's exciting. It's exciting. I know you're getting so ready for it. All of our pledges together over the next 12 months that people said that they are going to give above their tithes and offerings to the big gift is $57,000. $57,100. Is that amazing? Is that so awesome? So, man, we are pumped. I'm going to just let you know, real quickly, we are going to buy those items as that money comes in. And so you're going to see those items come. The rest of that money will go into our savings, which we will even now begin to store up and believe God one day for a building. And so that's where the rest of that will go. So be faithful. We will um, try to communicate throughout the year upon this journey, and I'm just so incredibly blessed. Not only that, that's a huge number, but here's what's amazing, is we had multiple people said they're gonna tithe for the first time, and then even past that, even more amazing than that, we had multiple people say they're gonna pray for this, and then even past that, we had multiple people said that they will share Jesus with three other people. That's awesome, that's awesome. Give yourself a big hand, and let's celebrate together what God is doing. With that, I really believe that this is going to be amazing. Let's pray. Jesus, we need you today. God, I need your words. Father Ben Chapman up here is flesh and bones. But by the spirit of God, I pray that you would speak this morning through your word. God, that you would give exactly what we need to hear for this season in our life. And God, wherever anybody is in their life, God, whether they're going through victory or struggle, I pray, Jesus. you would show up today that you would meet them where they are everybody said amen amen symbolism Christmas is all about symbolism there are symbols everywhere we go as we look out we see multiple symbols symbolism is funny because symbolism is interpreted in many many different ways something that symbolize something good it could possibly symbolize something bad today and something that symbolized something bad once upon a time could symbolize something good today and i'm going to break this down for you when in 2002 i was 20 years old and i was falling in love with jesus it was an amazing moment because you see god was moving in the chapman household I was falling in love with Jesus. My older brother just rededicated his life to Jesus. And my younger brother just got off the mission field of six months in Australia. And it was amazing what God was doing in our household. And God was doing all sorts of stuff. My older brother felt called to ministry. And he was about to leave a job where he made really good money in order to go to a ministry school. Some of you have probably done something similar or maybe praying about doing something similar. Well, as you know, once you have a good job, you, you end up knowing that the money is running out. And so you do whatever you can with the money. And what's amazing, because my brother was so on fire for God, he went to James Avery, and he bought us a ring. He bought my brother a ring, and he bought me a ring, which was a large purchase at the time for him. And I remember opening this ring, and at first I thought, man, that's a weird gift. It's a ring. You know, I'm a man. I don't, you know Where's the gun or something, you know? So... But actually, actually, I saw this and, man, I was like, this is awesome. And I ended up putting it on my left hand on the ring finger. And I said that, God, you know, I'm on fire for you and I've committed my ways to you and I'm going to live out purely and holy all the days of my life. So I'm going to leave this ring on this finger until I replace it with my wedding band. Right? A similar a lot of you have done similar things, a purity ring or a, a commitment ring to Jesus saying that I'm going to wait for you. And I remember, man, this ring symbolized so much about my commitment on that day and what I was going to do. And I remember on my wedding day taking off that ring, putting it on my right finger and putting my wedding band on my left finger. Now I was not perfect along the way, but I did remember That God is my God, and he is holy, and I want to be holy just like him. Today, I still wear that ring 13 years later on my right hand. 13 years later, remembering that Jesus is my God. It's an amazing symbol, but you see, a ring can symbolize multiple things, can't it? It could symbolize one's purity. It could symbolize a promise. I now wear a ring on my left hand on the wedding finger, where before I was single and available, and now I am married and absolutely unavailable. And so, same hand, same finger, both a silver ring, meaning two different things. Isn't it weird how symbolism works? It, it works this way all over the place. And as we look at the Christmas symbols, we see the same thing. You know, there's another thing. When you do a good job at the house, in your house, or let's say Stephen and Victoria are just on point with production today, then I give them a little, right? And they give me one back. And that means everything's okay. That means the lights are working well. It means the v- verses are right. It means that any of you messed up, it's okay because Jesus is on the throne. Right? It's okay. But if I go to Brazil and I go, hey, good job. It's okay. That's like giving somebody the bird. Did y'all know this? It's like flipping somebody off, which is not good. It's not okay. In fact, there's a problem now. Right? Same symbol, two different meanings. And in Christmas, we've been in the season of Christmas wars where we're fighting over things. In fact, I went to the Christian bookstore to get some Bibles for these babies that we dedicated in as I do, there's signs that say, keep the Christ in Christmas, you know, and they're all over the place, and, and people are buying them up because, because what they're realizing is, man, the meaning of Christmas is being robbed. It's being misinterpreted. It's, it's just not right, and we see this over and over, and there's all these Christmas wars. But I'm going to tell you, just like I told you last week, Mas Navidad is about keeping Christ in your home. And out of your home will come the light of Jesus. And so I'm going to teach my kids what Christmas is all about. And I'm going to teach my kids the meaning and purpose of it. And we decorate a tree. Have you been to our house? It's awesome. Brandy did amazing. It's a peacock tree. Let them fly. Let them fly. So it's a peacock tree, and it's awesome. And I love it. There's so many symbols when it comes to Christmas. And so here's how I interpret some of them. The star. The star goes on top of the tree. And some people think that's pagan. Well, I'm going to tell you it's not. It's the star of Bethlehem is what we're going to tell Benson. And we're going to tell him that it's the symbol that God fulfills his promise and he fulfills promises. And when God makes a promise to you, Benson, you better believe he's going to keep it because he's God. You can trust him. That's what the star means for us. The color red, the color red, well, maybe it's just a great contrast, but for us, it's the greatest gift that God ever gave. The color red represents Christ's blood that was shed for us. And everywhere we go and we see red, we say, Jesus, thank you for the greatest gift that I didn't deserve, and yet you still gave it. The color green, we see the color green all over the place, and it's, it's mainly because there's a lot of evergreens. And the evergreen is important because it's evergreen, symbolizing eternal life and everlasting life, which is so amazing. Bells, we're seeing Carol Bells at, at Engage the Spirit. Carol of the bells, Carol Bells? Of the bells, of the bells, of something. Carol of the bells, we're seeing that at... Engage the spirit and it's so awesome, but bells, what do those symbolize? I mean, when I see bells, I just think of the Budweiser horse, you know, what, what are those? But bells are significant because you see shepherds used to ring bells and the sheep would come back to the pen. Those who were lost would be found. I remember being at church camp when I was 12 years old, I went to church camp and it was awesome. And besides looking at all the single available girls, I, I went to worship, set some, and I did some things. But there was a chime that happened across the campground, and that chime was mysterious to me. I had no idea what it meant. But as I began to talk to my friends, they said, as somebody gives their life to Jesus and surrenders their life and responds to him, they go with their friends to the bell, and they ring it. Isn't that amazing? So much symbolism there. And so every time I hear a bell, I think about the lost being found. Christmas symbols, the Christmas lights. I love Christmas lights. I love them, classy, not tacky. I love classy Christmas lights, and it's so amazing. And obviously, we know this one. You're the light of the world. That you're the light of the world, and that's why Christmas lights are lit. And back in the day when there was a tree, pagan or not pagan, I'm not sure, but there was a tree, and they lit candles on that tree. And it was representing that we are the light of the world underneath the star of Bethlehem, underneath Jesus, on the backdrop of everlasting life, surrounded by red ornaments, the blood of Jesus. Isn't it a beautiful picture? It's amazing. It's amazing. And so symbols mean so many things. And this morning, we're going to go more in depth in Luke 2 as we look at the symbols that God has placed around us. A lot of you have seen this symbol of this woman right here, the Virgin Mary. A lot of people see the Virgin Mary, they see a painting, they see a picture, and a painting or a picture or a word is just a symbol for some kind of definition or experience with that thing or that object. Mary is talked about a lot. It's talked about a lot in San Antonio. We come from a predominantly Catholic culture, and it's so amazing that they've kept so much liturgy and so many things in place. But here's the thing, what Protestants do, which if you didn't know, we're Protestant. Protestants do this. Because Mary is elevated so high in Catholicism that she almost becomes an object of worship, that she becomes an object of worship, we steer away from Mary altogether. And we read over the story and we skip Mary and Mary was a virgin and she had Jesus. Jesus, right? But Mary is important. Mary is important and there's a lot that we can gain from Mary. Not that she would be an object of our worship, but that she would be an inspiration on how we live according to Jesus. In Luke 1, Luke 1, I apologize, Luke 1, verse 26 through 33. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary. Mary's amazing scholars believe that Mary was around 12 to 13 years old at the time 12 at 12 to 13 years old that is a young girl right that's a Isabella Coates. that's young that's crazy Jesus don't touch Isabella so here's the thing right it's crazy At 12, man, I was picking my nose, and I was deciding, am I too old for Legos? I don't know. I still like them, but my friends aren't playing with them. What do I do? You may remember the same thing. But there's three things that we see Mary overcame through this scripture as a 12-year-old. Three things. The first is this, that, that she, when the angel appeared to her, she was troubled. She was troubled. She had Anxiety, there was so much there. She was troubled at the statement. What does this mean? I'm 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 just troubled. Have you ever heard something in a moment and it felt like a lifetime? Like you processed a thousand different things? That's what Mary's doing right here. There's like a thousand different things going through her head. And the first one is: what kind of statement is that? Me? Me of all people? Me? I'm favored. I'm troubled anxiety could settle in in that moment like oh my goodness Jesus just showed up in fact if she grew up at all in the Jewish culture she heard the stories of when angels showed up and when angels showed up then things were about to happen to a new level that God was calling you into And maybe that's why she was troubled. I'm betrothed. I'm planning my wedding. It's awesome. I'm, you know, engaged to this cute guy, Joseph. It's going to be sweet. And we're just trying to find a photographer. And it's so awesome. And then, boom, angel shows up. You're like, oh, my gosh. But remember Gideon and the angel showed up. And then he had to fight a war. And it was crazy. And it was, I can't believe it. I mean, think about it. When God shows up, he's about to call you to something. That he'll equip you to handle. But I tell you what, it's going to be troublesome. There's going to be a wrestling in your soul. And for some of us, that wrestling lasts longer than it did in Mary's moment. Maybe if God calls you something, tell him not to go anywhere. Right? Like, God, stay here. Wait, I got some questions. And we'll see Mary ask some questions. The other thing is these kind of go hand in hand. Once there's trouble, once there's some kind of anxiety, once God calls you to something, oftentimes there's fear that is associated with it, right? Maybe, maybe God just showed up and said, I want you to quit your job and I want you to apply for this different job. What? You're crazy. God, why would I do that? Anxiety settles in or well, I'm not sure. I'm I'm, I'm I'm troubled with this. I'm trying to discern what this means, and then there's fear. I'm afraid to step out or step into or what may happen. Fear came upon her, but what I love is she did hold on to the angel, and she did hear from God, and the angel said this. He did not wait long. I'm thankful that God doesn't let you wait long in your fear. In fact, if you would just sit there for one minute longer, maybe you would hear the rest of what God is trying to speak to you. Maybe if you would just sit there a few minutes longer, maybe you'll get the rest of the statement, the rest of the assignment. Verse 30, it says, the angel did not wait long to answer her discerning moments. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name, Jesus. Mary, there's two responses that you would respond if this happened to you. One, you would be deathly afraid. Because you've been walking in humility and you know who God is and what he's capable of and the authority that he possesses. Or you would operate differently. God calls you in something. And you're like, oh yeah, God, about time you recognize me. About time you see me. Here I am, God. I am equipped. I can bear your son, right? Have we done that? Oh yeah, God, here we go. I got this job There's two different responses. One is in humility. The other is in arrogance. And I'm thankful that Mary was humble. She was very humble. And in her humility, she asked another question. Because not only was she troubled, not only did she have fear, but then she had doubt. Then she had doubt. And with doubt, She has questions. There's people in this room, we've had over 1,200 people come to Luminous Church, all asking questions, all seeking Jesus, all wondering why they were made, why they were created, all asking these things. And Mary was no different. You see, I love Mary's question because Mary leaves room for me to ask questions. It gives me almost permission. Thank you, Mary, for being so vulnerable that I could ask a question. You could answer me. In verse 34, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? How will this be since I am a virgin? See, I'm a righteous woman. I'm a woman who's been waiting for marriage. I'm a woman who loves God. I'm, I'm so humble and seeking you, and I just don't see the plan. I just don't see how it could happen. We wonder that oftentimes when God calls you to an assignment, when he gives you something. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's graduate school. Maybe it's a new job, a new city, a new place. Maybe it's a mission field. We ask questions, and a lot of times we, we sit there and we wonder, God, how can you do this? How can we go about this? And if we move into our own strength and strive in our own effort, we'll become unrighteous real quick. And Mary could have done that. Okay, that's great. I will just, I'll, um, Joseph and I will sneak off and, and we'll have sex and it'll be good and it'll be great. And, and we'll do it if that's what you say, God. But she didn't, it, that didn't even come across her mind because she was a righteous woman. And as God's called you in the workplace, he's saying, do it righteously. Do it Righteously speak righteously encourage one another righteously have integrity be the man or woman i have equipped you to be and i'm going to give you all the tools that you need and the biggest tool that you need is the holy spirit in verse 35 the angel answered her said the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called holy the son of god and behold Your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The angel departed from her. I love this moment because this moment that the angel answer says, the Holy Spirit will equip you. He'll equip you and give you the tools and give you everything you need. He will be the one who gives your womb life. So here we have this. and It seems impossible. But have you ever wondered and you ever asked God when he's called you to do something impossible, what do you do for affirmation? One, you hear it from God. But then, two, you look at other people. You look at what God's doing in other people. It's why God has called us to discipleship groups. It's why he's called us into community groups. It's why he's brought you to Luminous Church. It's why we have friends and family because we need people. We need to be encouraged in the word of the Lord. We need to say, okay, God, if you said that, I'm going to believe it, but I need people to stand with. And what I love is Mary was given her cousin Elizabeth. She had Elizabeth. God didn't just call Mary to do this solo, but she had Elizabeth saying, hey, guess what? Your miracle is amazing, but I've already done a miracle in your cousin. And I want you to go to her, and I want you to check it, and I want you to see what I'm capable of doing so that you'll have the faith to believe that God is the God of the impossible. It's why we need each other. I need to hear about your giving testimony. I need to hear about when you shared your faith with your neighbor and they came to Jesus. I need to hear about when you were prayed for and you were healed. I need to pray about how door, how God opened doors that were sealed shut. Sealed shut. And he opened doors. And now you're running in a lane that you didn't think you could run in. I need to hear that. Pastor Ben, Ben Chapman needs to hear that. Amen? Amen? All right. Come on, man. Talk to me. I'm too serious up here. I need to... A- Joke time. We're better together. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I need you more. And then sing them a song like Mary sang. Luke 1, 46 through 55. This is amazing. This is amazing because when God speaks like he spoke for thousands of years, Songs are written. And songs are written to bring glory to God, but also so that we remember. It's why when I go out into the workplace, my CrossFit gym, my neighborhood, wherever it is on Monday morning, by Sunday morning, I need songs again. Like, I need to sing songs again because sometimes I just forgot. Sometimes my shin hits the box at the CrossFit gym, and I just want to cuss Sometimes I say like a Christian cuss word in my head. and It's awesome. Dang it. It's awesome, right? Like, so we, we need this. We need each other. and We need Sunday morning. And we need to sing songs. And just like Mary, she sang a song. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers to abraham and to his offspring forever forever we need to sing songs we need to sing songs when god is doing something in your house when god did something amazing are you singing songs are you writing it down did you did you take a selfie with it because you should Because you should. When God does something and and he gives you a baby, you should be taking a selfie at the hospital bed and you should frame that thing and remember how God gave life. At your wedding on, on the altar, as we have so many weddings coming up and all these things, you should take a selfie so you remember the covenant that you made and you can look back at it. Or maybe you should grab a journal and a piece of paper and a pen. Yes, those exist and you should write it down and remember what God has done. What has God done for you this week? What has he done for you this week? How has he shown up? What has he spoken? Did you forget already? This is so easy to forget. You must remember. Mary, gratitude. Gratitude, so thankful. Gratitude comes out of a place when you get something you didn't deserve. Gratitude comes out of a place of grace. As grace comes to you, you start giving to God. Gratitude after gratitude. Thankful for Jesus and what he is doing. If my gratitude dies, then my stewardship of that thing dies as well. How many are you ready for Christmas? Any cool toys coming? Gadgets? Apple watches? Homemade meals? Homemade gifts? Snowflakes from your children? What is it? What are you getting? I don't know what you're getting. But as soon, if you have gratitude, you will possess it and you will cherish it. But as gratitude leaves, you no longer steward it. I find this so true with sunglasses in my life. It's sad. Get a new, sick pair of sunglasses. You know, it's awesome. My mother-in-law works at a country club, so I get half off. It's sweet. So I get a new, sick pair of sunglasses, and I wear them, and they're so awesome. All of a sudden, I walk more confident. It's crazy what sunglasses can do. Maybe because I don't think anybody can see me, but I can see them. So it's crazy, but I love sunglasses. And yet, yet, as I'm wearing them every day, all of a sudden, where do my sunglasses go? I can't find my sunglasses. Babe, have you seen my sunglasses? Do you know how many sunglasses I've lost? A lot. And each more, I'm more grateful. Each more, I have more gratitude. And each more, I cherish longer. But after a while, they leave me. Gratitude, man, when you are thankful for what God has done, man, you, you, you are able to extend grace towards other people. When you receive grace, you give grace. When you get love, you Give love, and we see this over and over again, and Mary received the greatest gift. She's blessed among women. She is carrying our Savior, her King. She is giving birth to her King, the one that she's going to bow down to. It's amazing. In fact, here's what's amazing is that Mary and Joseph didn't even decide their kid's name. You You see, Jared decided his daughter's name, Kayla. Him and Liz got to decide that because they were the authority of that child. But Mary and Joseph realized we are not the authority of this child. We don't have the privilege of naming this child, but God the Father is the true authority. And so what you want to name it, God, we will. And so here comes Jesus. And Mary is so grateful. What I love about Mary, every time we see her, we realize that she is full of grace for others. In John chapter 2, There's a big old party. There's a wedding. And people are getting sloppy drunk. It's crazy. They are. They're, like, drinking the wine and going crazy. And it's awesome, right? So so good. We read this. And in John 2, 1 through 5, in this celebration, in this moment, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also, was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, maybe there wasn't that much wine. Maybe they weren't drunk. I'm sorry. Maybe there was just a little bit of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does that have to do with me? How many of you want your kids to talk to you like that? Boy, you're about to get beat. We go, you go with me in that bathroom over there. Don't let Daniel see. Woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour. The time has not yet come for me to reveal myself to the world. I'm not ready to move in miracles yet. But the mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. What I love about this is that a miraculous conception, 30 years before this, Mary remembered what Jesus and God was capable of doing. And she believed it so much that she was believing for another miracle here. This miracle wasn't for herself, but it was for the people around her. You see, Mary was a recipient of grace. And when you receive grace, you give grace. And when you're at a wedding and they run out of refreshments, the bride is going crazy. Everybody is in chaos and worry is happening and fear is happening. And doubt's happening. And all these things are happening. But Mary is looking at a people and saying, I have a solution. Jesus, we need a miracle. We need you to show up. And Jesus shows up. Provides the best wine. Because Jesus only gives his best. The best wine. Josh, you would come help me close this out this morning. What I'm reminded of this Christmas is that every miracle, every miracle that happens brings about an opportunity for God to show up. Every miracle that happens brings about an opportunity for Jesus to be shared. And I'm thinking about this Christmas, I'm thinking that a lot of us are gonna see people that we haven't seen in a long time. We're gonna be able to see them and we're gonna be able to love them. And the greatest miracle that you can bring into the house this Christmas is love, the love of Jesus, that the love of Jesus would flow out of you and into other people. Oh man, love has ran out here. I need Jesus to show up. I need the best wine. I need love. I need grace because I'm a recipient of it. I'm sure Mary had faith for this kind of miracle every Christmas. Because every Christmas, she was reminded of the promise that nothing is impossible with God. And every Christmas, I bet she came with an expectation That God did it then, he can do it today and he'll do it tomorrow. 33 years Jesus walked this earth with his mother. She was around and he took care of her. He stewarded her so well. He loved her so well. We don't see that Joseph was around anymore. Scholars believe that Joseph may have passed away. And Jesus was responsible. And I love this because in the garden, as Jesus is getting ready to die, to be the ultimate grace, to be read for you and me, so that we could have life. He's in the garden, he's praying. And in Luke twenty-two, forty-two, 42, it says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I wonder if Jesus got that prayer from his mother Mary. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That Mary and Luke 1. Let it be unto me according to your word. In Jesus, in Luke 22, let it be unto me according to your will, according to your word. Mary is an inspiration, not an object of worship, but she gave the birth to the object of worship, to the man of worship, to Jesus himself. Mary made it possible so that we may see Jesus clearly. How are you being a light this Christmas? How are you making it possible for people to see Jesus clearly? If you would stand with me this morning as we close in prayer. Father, we love you this morning, God, and what an amazing celebration, new life up here. These kids, God, that they would know Jesus that parents would be filled with the light of Jesus. God, for those young adults in here who are setting their way before you, asking God to be righteous, asking to be holy, asking to be pure. Lord, let us do what you have called us to do. Not Ben's will, not my will, But your will be done. We love you, Lord. Can't wait to say happy birthday to you, Jesus. You're awesome. Mas Navidad. We love you, Lord. Amen. Hey, if you need prayer for anything on your way out this morning, we have prayer workers up here Deb, Charles, Jill. Come get prayer. We'd love to pray with you. Hey, hug somebody. Be awesome drink cocoa and cider we'll see you next sunday get a lot of rest because we have two services it's going to be awesome love you you're dismissed thank you for listening to this week's message to find out more about service times giving and community groups that meet throughout the week please visit us online at luminouschurch.org